0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl Sandra here today to recap the Chicago Red Stars Women's Cup performance. Chicago Red Stars have a couple of games under their belt in which they took on Racing Louisville FC and Paris Saint-Germain they drew one they lost one we're going to talk about it and we're also going to preview this next coming match that they have against kansas city nwsl so there's a lot to get through i'm joined today as always by my friend homie and colleague claire Watkins, aka the scam originator claire how are you doing today i'm good uh yeah i'm good i'm ready to talk some chicago red stars man because uh, we're coming off of a little bit of a wild week where we got to see some real interesting NWSL play in general there was a lot going on there was the women the women's ICC there was this inaugural women's cup that took place that the Chicago Red Stars participated in that racing Louisville hosted um that one of the fixtures the only fixture the game against Chicago and Louisville counted as an NWSL uh regular season match And let's dive into that one because that's one that's the game that they played first and then they went ahead and took on Paris Saint Germain, Uh, but they played out to a 1-1 draw against racing Louisville FC and just stepping back for a second. um, Going back to our preview of this match a little bit, dipping back into like the the written preview that I did for the patrons. We talked a little bit about this racing side and how maybe this was a game that even though it was this inaugural women's cup, that it was still a, an NWSL regular season game. And that this felt like a particular game that the red stars need to go in there and really get a win and not just any type of result, but really kind of get those three points. And that this was a Louisville team that has kind of played some real specific kind of soccer, right, some kind of real direct soccer that's kind of really perfect for them and some of their players uh, to play in. Uh, and that some of them, maybe had some some stagnant moves in in front of goal, but that that also rang true for Chicago, who have gone a little bit cold themselves. Uh, So this was possibly a really good time for Chicago to get back in the win column. And they ended up playing out this game to a 1-1 draw with a goal from Ebony Salmon and then Khalil Watt getting the equalizer in this match. Uh, Tough start to this game uh, to have to concede that early. Uh, nobody likes to be on the end of that type of highlight reel. And Danny Colabrico and Cassie Miller got put on highlights, uh, really early in about the 10th minute of this match when Ebony Sama kind of made them pay with a quick counter press and, uh, found a goal really, really early in this one. Um, and then just to sort of see this team kind of come back and make this response and this push in the second half, just to sort of, you know, ultimately fall short and have to settle for a draw uh, doesn't feel super great at this point in the season. Claire.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we were, we were outlining this a little bit before we started and and the weird thing about it was trying to kind of separate out. Cause this is a Chicago red stars podcast, right? So we were just trying to separate out the sort of pomp and circumstance of the whole week. Right. You know, there was Louisville's whole storyline and getting the European teams in. And that was all very cool. And, and, you know, I was there and so I can speak a little bit to sort of like the atmosphere and stuff, but, um, if you're looking at it just from a Chicago red stars perspective, uh, not amazing, you know, it just wasn't great. Um, and it's, it's, and then even like within looking at the entire Chicago red stars week, you maybe have to look at it like half to half or game to game and, Uh, the second half of Chicago's game against Louisville was, was quite good from the red stars. Um, Unfortunately, the first half of that game was very bad. And then uh, the second game, you know, that was a very different circumstance from the first. So, you know, I think looking at the way the game started, you know, it's been well documented that Chicago has been dealing with a lot of injuries. And that is something that um, I know Sandra and I were very, uh, pragmatic and realistic in a way. And I think sometimes we do a disservice by not talking about the adversity of the team more because our expectations are so high that they'll be able to work through it. Um, but you know, you look at, look at the injuries and the accumulation of those and the fact that, uh, the team hasn't had Julie Ertz since the first 30 minutes of, of the first game of the regular season or, The fact that they haven't had Vanessa DiBernardo for a month now or that Aaron Wright played this game hurt and Morgan Gatra played this game hurt and a bunch of other players were being held together with tape and they sort of found it within themselves to even be able to play. And then having gone down to be in Louisville to sort of see that atmosphere, um, it's a good atmosphere it's intimidating is too strong a word. Cause I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's exactly how I would describe it, but you don't feel like the home team when you're there, they're very clear on who the home team is and it's not you. And Chicago was coming off of some long travel. Uh, they had flown back from North Carolina they took a bus down to Louisville. It's very funny in, I think, two post games and one pregame. They all mentioned the bus. I'm not sure they had a great time on the bus, you guys. Um, and it was just a very, very, very slow start from them. Very slow start. And it was not fun to watch, like, to be completely honest. The first half of that game was really rough. And, um, and this is maybe an overarching theme, to this week. And again, I am not like excited to, to frame it like this, but there were four teams participating in this tournament and the one with the like smallest footprint, you know, the least impressive, not impressive is the wrong word, but the least like performances okay. to results to get excited about, uh, the least, you know, what I saw from, media or even just i mean there wasn't a lot of media availability in general but chicago did not feel like a super active player in this one it seemed like they were just trying to sort of survive and get out which within the circumstances of all of that do does make sense because we've talked about all the things that chicago's been dealing with but it's still kind of a disappointment i guess you know
0: yeah it was like uh going back and taking a look at some of the stuff that came out of there, which really came out out of there because of of you, my homie. Um, And you hooked up the patrons with a great quote piece uh, coming out of some of the games there during the Women's Cup. But, like, you're looking at some of these things where knowing the performances that they had and ultimately they're walking out of this this inaugural mini tournament, maybe not leaving uh, the biggest impact on it as maybe some other teams might have had. Uh, what what's coming out of it so we got to see somebody like aaron Wright, you know play in her home state which was big for her something that she has been talking about for quite a little while like even in the lead up to this women's cup quite frankly and then her being able to get out there and do it and it was it was painful (laughs) to watch to watch that actually uh to just sort of see a player like aaron who's done a lot of work to come back from pregnancy being held together by like two separate whole rolls of tape. It looked like, uh, watching her get out there and and put out these performances. And then again, uh, seeing somebody like Mel Pugh, uh, quite frankly, continue to do what she's been doing, which is remain active in the final third, uh, try to create opportunity, um, and just not really having a ton of support, uh, within that, um, it was just like a lot of layers of what we have been seeing on the regular from this Chicago team that ended up coming out with a pretty stale result, which was a draw against Louisville and then ultimately a 1-0 loss against Paris Saint-Germain. And, um, you know, if, if people want to frame that and go back and, and and look at that game and say like, oh, like – they really started to bring it on at the end of that PSG game. And, and, you know, there's some good things. And, oh, look at them like hold their own against like a European side that's in preseason. Um, that's fine if that's how you want to frame it that way and choose to look at it that way. Another way, uh, and another fair way to look at it is that this team now has four games under their belt in which they've scored one goal. And uh, that's uh, also, I think, a very fair way uh, to frame something. It's something that they want to look at. And I think that's just sort of where we're at right now, coming out of this Women's Cup as we sort of look ahead a little bit. And we will get into Kansas City a little more specifically. But I think we're at a point in the season here where this is the episode where we're talking about these kind of things because we're really in this home stretch. We're in the final third of this season. So what does Chicago take? out of this particular event that motivates them or re-energizes them or puts them on a trajectory to have better performances moving forward in this final third of the season? Like, what is it?
1: I will say that if there's one big bright spot, you know, and we'll see see what this turns into. Um, The player I've been most impressed with over the last three games is Katie Johnson. She has moved into a new position as kind of this playmaking false nine, 10, sort of a, a player in, in the place of Vanessa Bernardo, And she also just played the straight up nine against PSG and was probably the player for the better part of that match who had the most dangerous chances. Um, so I think that that was, was positive you know, and, and it again, just even speaks to some of the weirdness of this season. I thought when Zoe Gorowski came on against PSG, yeah. <laughs> she did pretty well. I was like, hey, Zoe, haven't seen you in a while. How's it going? So you know? like, like, yeah, okay. um, obviously it was a positive that that Casey Krueger and Tierna Davidson came in and could play full 90s against Louisville. You know, that level of commitment, they spoke extensive. Everybody spoke extensively as to what a big lift that was. Even Morgan Gatra, Guitry- Um, quite honestly, putting her health on the line to play that game on Wednesday with, with a banged up knee. Um, All of those things are, I think, I I don't know if I want to go so far as to call them good, but they are perhaps necessary. And so I think that that is the kind of thing where maybe when we focus in on the second half of this game against Louisville, we can say they were much improved. Like, I do think that that was one of the more dominant halves that Chicago has had this season, which is why it is so just eternally frustrating that they did not win that game. And I think that, I don't know, and we can talk about, there was an egregious non-call on a handball in that match, uh, just really I've never, ever in my life seen a missed call quite like that. And it was also wild to be sitting in the Louisville press say. box surrounded by only Louisville media. Cause I was the only women's soccer writer that came to this thing. And so I'm just surrounded by Louisville media. We're in the Louisville stadium, that handball happens. And the only people that react are like, and truly God bless, like the 35, 40 strong lo- Chicago local one, three, four, who were there on that Wednesday night, losing their minds. And the Chicago bench gets another yellow card and play just goes on. And you just are like, well, now this just feels bad in a different way. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, I, I was going to say like, yeah, man, I, we're literally there to witness that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I know. Right. I'm like, I was a little bit just like, wow, it's iconic that I'm, I'm here for this. I'm witnessing history, you know, but, yeah, um, sure. yeah, it's just tough. Cause it does just feel like, well, you have these games or these these within games you have these parts of the game where you're just like oh my gosh this team is not performing the way it needs to perform and then when they do they just never get that breakthrough and i feel for them you yeah. know and it's it's a little bit it's a little bit baffling and it is just kind of one of those things where i would say at this moment i'm having trouble like covering this team cuz i don't really know what to say. Cause like you said, there are different ways you can look at all of it, right? You yeah. can look at it like this isn't good enough. At this point, they are fighting to stay relevant in the playoff, you know, race. They haven't won. Uh, and you know, there are now two trophies gone that they were talking a big game about at the beginning of the season that they in both got basically last in. And you can just kind of like throw your hands in the air and be like, I don't know what we're supposed to do with this. Or, you know, you can look at it and be like, this is a slow burn. They want to be peaking at the right time. We've seen positives in individual play. Um, The team, I will say, based on what I've seen, what I saw in Louisville, I think, personality wise are starting to really finally mesh. I think we're getting to the point where the team has gotten to know each other a lot better. You even look at, I think, new players like Tatum Milazzo, um, just getting to know that team a little bit better. They threw the kids out there against PSG. I thought the kids did themselves proud. Um, no major mistakes, a very committed performance. I thought Nikki Stanton was great in that game too. Her dead ball delivery was really nice. Just there's more. And that's where you're also a little bit like, okay, so maybe there is more to this team than we've seen this season. So why aren't we seeing it? Would this is you're watching that PSG game and you think to yourself, is this considered not competitive enough for NWSL play? Why aren't we seeing these players play more? Um, Or, or thinking to yourself, you know, we're seeing maybe who who the team considers those top line players have these moments where they do quite well, but they're the ones also really prone to mistakes. And I, I don't know. I I, or you know, the flip side is that this is possibly the unluckiest season in Chicago Red Stars history when you look at injuries and just statistically uh not getting those breakthroughs or whether it's officiating or whatever. And I think unfortunately, like all of those things are true, but we're not seeing an arc yet. And what you were saying, Sandra, before we started is the issue is that they're running out of time, right?
0: Yeah, they're, they're running out of time. When we're outlining this episode, that was my, I think my biggest takeaway coming out of the women's cup, because for people who don't know full disclosure Yeah, claire was claire was there shout out to claire doing literally god's work for the people in the women's cup um while quite frankly a ton of us the rest of us question mark pretty much yeah. yeah we're in portland uh covering the the wicc and being able to Take in these Red Stars games, shout out to being on the West Coast, I guess. They conveniently sort of fell in times, which took place before uh some of these other games kicking off over there. And watching them and taking them in, there wasn't a lot, I think we could both agree and analytically that we could take away right from, from the performances. There's just a again, these questions that we raise and have been raising constantly it feels like throughout this entire season this entire year about this team and what comes next they've got eight games left in their season and quite frankly that's what it is and your options are to either take a look at that and continue to you know maybe feel bad coming out of some of these because very early in this season the body language coming out of these games um, watching the performances, they didn't look like they were having fun. Right? They didn't look like they were enjoying themselves playing soccer. That's just fact. Uh, we we cover we cover this team. We attended games where we saw players like Morgan Gatra, Alyssa Nair, staying out on the pitch after games where that they dropped, didn't get results, and going over what happened or why it happened or lack thereof. And so now we're at this point. And I think that's important that you drop that nugget here for the listeners and that that's a takeaway that you got as somebody who was physically there covering this, taking it in, that this team appears, at least in, in speaking or playing, that they're starting to enjoy themselves a little bit, having some fun on the pitch and being a cohesive unit. That's very important yeah if the fact that you're looking down the road at eight games remaining in this season and they're on the outside looking in for a reason because you can be level on 21 points with two other teams and they're ahead of you because why a tiebreaker in yeah. which you lost so that's where we're at now with this team and doing our due diligence and have to covering them we have to talk about that so They are running out of time. Quite frankly, they're maybe even running out of options. Uh, Sarah Lubert's already in Mexico, man. That's been circulating already on Twitter Uh, for people who haven't had a chance to to see any of the reporting coming out of the match day. Minus one press conferences, Khalil Watt and Rory Dames were available. The coach was asked about Sarah Lubert. He could not say anything really official or kind of held off on saying anything too official just because the clubs have not made an exact announcement. But he did confirm that there was an agreement that was made for Sarah Luber to continue uh, her development out in Mexico with Club America former Red Set Coach Craig Harrington. Uh, so she is currently out there. And quite frankly, there are uh, a ton of substantial rumors circulating around Katie Johnson. And while I can laugh those off, because we've always laughed those off in the past, because quite frankly, Katie Johnson has been tied to League on Mixed Family since they've been founded. a long time, yeah. <laughs> since yeah. they've been founded. <laughs> yeah she was playing with the former sky blue FC. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why we kind of laugh about it and chuckle about it. Uh, but that's not to make the, to say that that's any less true or that those rumors are any less valid. Uh, and if anything, if you're looking at this particular player and uh, you know, the, the 2020 that took place for all of, you know, NWSL, and now this regular season taking place where at times you're either the third and or possibly fourth option coming off of the bench, Why would you not, uh, you know, take a look at those options and not think that some of that stuff isn't valid? Is that disappointing considering um, what we saw coming out of this particular tournament, especially, you know, Claire mentioning that that was a player who really stood out over these last two games? Yeah, of course it is. Um, But you can't really fault a player for looking for opportunities when they aren't getting them in a certain spot. So. It's unfortunate that these scenarios where we're at, that this team is A, running out of time, and B, apparently (laughs) running out of options. When we're talking about the last three or four games, they've got one goal uh, scored between them, and it sucks that soccer is this beautiful game, that we look at what happens on this pitch, that we're paying attention to what happens on the ball, off the ball, on the sidelines, and on the set piece, but you don't win your games, in that way unfortunately you win them by scoring the goals and I don't know what's going to happen with this team moving forward but what I do know is transition time is that they have a game and an opportunity in front of them this weekend so they are playing it's preview time uh Kansas City NWSL they're back at home they've got a little bit of rest under them uh, they don't have to worry about a quick turnaround or or traveling on a bus. Uh, it's apparent that Casey Kruger, Tierney Davidson, are back in the mix. Uh, that was something that Kalia Watt spoke a lot of uh, within her media availability uh, recently. How much of a boost that is in having those two types of player and I back in the in the mix. And I would imagine for somebody like Watt. Having somebody like Kruger back in the mix is a huge boost. You know, this is a player when we had her on this show, Claire, we asked her who she was most excited to play with. And she said without hesitation, it was Casey short at the time, uh, because she hated playing against her and having somebody like that behind you on the flank allows you as an offensive player to try to work your magic. So Yes, that is huge to have these two players back in the mix, and we will see what type of boost that is. Um, But it is absolutely not unfair in any way, shape, or form. I don't care if they won a couple of games at home to look at the last place team in the league and say, you need to beat this team. Yeah. You need to win this game.
1: Like, win. No ties. Yeah, like, this is the whole thing, which is, and, and I, I think, you know, sorry guys, like this is a little bit of a bubbling over of a lot of feelings. And like I said, I wish that we could I, I think that where Sandra and I are at is that we're having some trouble just being tasked with coming on this podcast every week and just like searching for positives. So we're just like talking about it. But um right, they need to win the game, no draws, they need to score goals, they need to tighten up in the back too. Like this is part of the issue as well, is that um, one of the positives of the Kansas city game on Wednesday was that they were down by one at halftime and they did at least have a much better second half, but that was the third game in a row that they conceded first and were down one, nothing at the half w- against the run of play within the one of play, whatever they have these mistakes that they are prone to in the back. Um, and then I think the other thing, you know, the other piece of news that came out, over this week is that everyone saw that Julie Ertz is not back with the team and they don't know when she is going to be back with the team.
0: Yeah. So a cool thing, I sort of, if you like updates and injury updates on cool things like that, I mean, Rory Dames, again, another thing that he slightly touched on in the, in the media availability earlier was just an update in the fact that it's confirmed that it was a hamstring injury that Juilliard is currently dealing with a hamstring injury and a lower back issue that, that he's referred to that as the report that they were given from us soccer, right. And that they will get another update week next week. So perception is that clearly it's week to week. Right. Um, and I guess we'll just see what happens from there.
1: Right. So, I mean, basically what they're dealing with is, well, the thing is, is that, um, when I asked him last Wednesday, about it. He said that he didn't know because he didn't know he had not gotten that update yet from us soccer, um, or from Julie Ertz herself. So at that point he knew that he didn't have a player in market and he obviously could say why he thought that was probably the case. And he was said, you know, the club's support is 100% with Julie. They want her back at 100%. They don't want her rushing back, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and then he did get that update from us soccer, which specified, that probably what happened is because she never probably properly got to rehab that knee. What happens when you are even subconsciously favoring something or playing with a certain amount of rigidity or um, timidness is you start to overload other muscle groups. And so basically Julie Ertz has had lower back problems for, you know, those, those come and go for her, but they come and go when she's hurt. And so when she is favoring something, she is prone to overstraining her lower back. And it seems in this instance, also a hamstring, um, those kinds of issues are kind of finicky and chronic. And I don't know when Chicago is getting her back, which again, yeah. it's in the grand scheme of things, it's wild that they're probably going to go through pretty much all of this season without hurts. But, um, I guess they're they they got to be ready for that, and I think they would say that they are.
0: Yeah, you know? again, it, it goes back to like, well, yeah. we're chatting a little bit, and what right. I was finally bringing up on the pod was that the the options and the time, right? right. That's where they're right. at right now. Yeah. Um, juliards may or may not be an, a factor this season. Yeah, that's true. facts. Um, we'll find out, and that's not too hard to believe. Again, considering that there's only uh eight matches left but again another way to frame that if you want to frame that uh this way is that the team quite frankly is conditioned to this point this year specifically uh to navigate this season without her um and that that's something that their coach has kind of praised them for a little bit um this season sort of having to really dig deep within themselves and kind of hold themselves accountable in terms of that lack of leadership uh, on the pitch, quite frankly. Um, so I think if they're in that mindset already, that they might just stay there uh, moving forward. At the very least, they're gonna stay there in this match coming up against Kansas City, um, which let's talk about Kansas City a little bit, cause this is the next this opponent coming off of a win. Uh, it's a team, they now have two wins uh, when they play at home uh so we'll see how they do on the road uh, they have Adriana French uh as a newly acquired goalkeeper uh, in net somebody who's really good at stopping a lot of shots and uh Kristen Hamilton and Haley Mace two players that they acquired in a mid-season trade with North Carolina are looking like they themselves have finally become a little bit acclimated with this Kansas City side um so these are all players who can obviously have some type of impact in a game. I just don't know what type of impact they could have uh, against this Chicago side. Um, Cause at our time of recording this, you know, we're not too sure what Chicago's injury report is going to look like ahead of Saturday's game kind of coming off of that really compact week that they are coming off of, you know, is somebody like, Morgan is going to be available? Is Vanessa D- Bernardo still going through her protocol? Which on some of these uh, injury updates that Rory was giving in the match day uh, availability, mentioned that Vanessa Bernardo is still currently going through the concussion protocol because that is what it is. You're just supposed to, you want to talk about something that's week to week. That's yep. one of those things. Um, so we will see. Uh, and these are players who are are huge. Yeah, uh, for the team in terms of what they do on the pitch and how they decide to play. Um, so I think it's how they play against Kansas city is really going to depend on who they have available and how fit they are, quite frankly.
1: Yeah. Can I ask you a question? And I sure. don't know if you have an answer to this. Um, <laughs> I'm like, sure. So eight games left, right? Cause this is actually really something that I've been thinking about a little bit because we, we obviously think ahead, right. And maybe even preview the different scenarios of, of what might occur. So we're ready to deal with it when it happens. But um, what do you want from the Chicago red stars in these next eight games? Realistically, what What do do you, because I think that there is a possibility that we, and we've said this before, there's a possibility we end the season just being like, this was rough. Yeah. I, we don't have a lot of conclusions about it. And that's it. Yeah. What to you realistically would you like to see from the team in these next eight games? Not even getting into postseason, but yeah. what would finish the regular season for you and have you being like, okay, you know what? They were dealt a rough hand and this went okay.
0: I think in these next eight games, this is gonna this is their this is their playoffs. These next eight games are their playoffs. This is their playoff push. Um, we have very rarely ever in our time of covering this team have ever had to cover this team with some type of weirdo underdog narrative. And I don't think we're going to start that now, um, but this team has eight games and what they have to do now is look at that as an opportunity to actually, have those statement games, because we haven't had that from the Chicago team. And that's insane to think about, especially coming off of some of the more recent soccer that they've played in recent seasons, that there's eight games remaining in a 24-game season, and 2021 Chicago Red Stars have yet to really have a statement kind of game. So first thing I want to see is a statement game happen from this team. And the second thing that I want to see is I want to see them battle for a top floor position because of this team that the finds themselves and even a fifth or sixth position for playoff contention. I'm sorry. I don't care who decides to frame it as what. It's incorrect to say that that is a success because it is not this Chicago Red Stars team that we have covered has always been a, a top four, top three, top two team, depending on the season at best. So if you're going into riding the playoffs on some questionable soccer at five or six, that's not a successful season. I don't think, I think that's a lucky season. I think that's fortunate. I think that that's sort of manifesting some things out of nothing. And while that's uh fortunate and something to hang your hat on at the end, it's not the culture that you. it's not representative of the culture that you have claimed to build. Um, so I need to see that come into work because we we started covering this team in the beginning of this year and we were hit with all that. That came from the team. That's what the team gave us. They said that they were ready to go. They believed that they were the deepest team in this league compared to anybody else, that they were going to compete for every single trophy out there. And none of that has happened. <laughs> This year, so with these eight games remaining you gotta show something i don't think at this point i think it's gonna take a miracle for something like a shield to happen because portland is just doing what they're doing and quite frankly north carolina is just getting stronger as the season goes on but there is a shot uh at a championship something that has eluded this club for many, many, many years. So the first step in getting that is to start playing some cohesive soccer. And I think the first step in doing that is having a statement game. And if you can't have a statement game against the bottom ranked team in the league, I'm not too sure where you get it from next. Um, They also need to maybe circle some of these games that are coming up against teams where there are tiebreakers on the line. And if you're not going to have your statement game against this Kansas City team, you need to have it against somebody like a Gotham or you got to have it against somebody like an Orlando. That also I also need to see that from this team. Um, But we're not going to know till if or when it happens, but those are things I would like to see come out from this team moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you. I think like the thing that I was thinking while you were talking is just, and this goes back to, some of the stuff that, that Rory was saying after that Wednesday game, which, and he said it just like directly to the fans, you know, he was saying thank you. Cause you know, I travel, you know, I stayed, I stayed with some Chicago fans, the away support in Louisville was, was great. And it was great for them to have the opportunity to do that because it is a team that's a little bit closer than like a plane ride away, which is really nice. Uh, We haven't had that for a long time. Um, But he was very strong in his statement of, like stick, I think he literally said, stick with us. Yeah, He said, we know where we're going. Yeah, We're going to get there. And that has been his messaging since like game one of the challenge cup. But the issue with that is that like you talk about the statement wins we have, I, I will say for me, and you know, I'm not the, I'm not, you know, it's not up to me. I'm not the judge. Right. But, um, I have not seen a game this season where I thought to myself, yes, this system is working consistently. Yeah. And, and that's where the goal, the goal issues come in, right? Cause if the system was working consistently, um, they would not be struggling this much in front of goal. And so I think that that's where I'm at basically, which is that the thing that will, I think you're right about the top four. I think that that is, that is exactly correct. And I also think that if we do not make it to the end of this season, without starting to feel like the system changes and the style of play that this entire season was predicated on begins to actually work, then that's a failure to me. Even if you make the playoffs, that's a failure because that is saying like, okay, so what have you set up for next year? What have you set up your players to do? Um, How does this help with player morale? If they feel like they can or cannot do this, what does it say about the personality you put together? Like, it's all of those things. And so I would say that it, to call the season a failure for me would be if at the end here, they did not make a run where I was like, okay, yeah. this vision, I see it, you know? I guess maybe that's where I'm at.
0: No, I'm, I'm with you on that too. I mean, you made moves over the last two seasons specifically for a player like Watt, for a player like pew they're here <laughs> the season is unfolding the way that it is what what is the system for them to succeed in so i don't think that that's unfair uh to present at all and i think you're 100% correct with that too i think it goes all together with what we've been talking about it's a great question that you posed i'm glad we both got to speak on it a little bit but it's just facts honestly um but it starts with the next game in front of you right and uh that's going to be this Kansas City side I I guess you know Claire who's it going to be who's got to have the the statement game in this one
1: um I would like to see a very assured performance by Tierna Davidson in this one I think I think that Uh, One of the things that Chicago has always leaned on um, is a very rock solid defense, right? That's no, that's no surprise to anybody. And that was the basis of that finish that they had in 2019 was really figuring the defense out. And I think that Tierna Davidson has been good in, in, in certain games this season. And I think that she's grown a lot and has been given you look at like 2019 to 2021, the responsibility that's been placed on her is like 150% higher. And I think that she's done a nice job in the context of that. Um, But she's also been on the field when Chicago has given up some of those not so great goals. And so I think that you need to Kansas city's a quick trigger transition team. That's their whole deal. They've got some players who will run at you. They are not very wide. They don't rely on width quite so much. Um, so you need that central defense to be very sturdy. And so I, I'm just going to say, yeah, I think that the player that I need to own that part of the field is is Tierna Davidson, because I know that she can, but she's still quite young. And I think that she has been thrown into a lot of positions that have not always set her up to feel <laughs> calm and secure but you got to fake it till you make it, you know? So um, that's what I would like to see, I think.
0: I, uh, I'm i in agreement with you there. I think uh, a confident, games that go confidently for Turner-Davidson tend to, to be really good games in general. Um, so I'm there for you. I don't think it's, uh, this game is the welcome back Olympians game. So it's going to be the Olympians that we have our eye on. So on the other side of that, I'm going to say it's going to be Casey Kruger for me. Uh, if Kalia Watt is thrilled to have somebody like her back, so am I. Um, I don't know which side they're going to line her up or how exactly they are you know they want to utilize her. Um, but we're talking about a goal scoring ground. And uh, Casey Shore, for some reason, has sometimes been the one <laughs> to sort of make that happen for this team when the odds are looking real, real slim. So I'm going to say that for me, it's going to be Casey Kruger. So we're going to be keeping an eye on on both the defenders. And you know what? Even if they aren't making that long connecting pass or getting that assist or getting that goal, their presence probably just going to boost up the team either way. And we might uh, hopefully see uh, that reflects through whoever the 11 is going to be on the pitch.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is, I just think that this is more general, but, um, I think that they need to in general, I think they need to start prioritizing. Um, you know, we've criticized them in the past for prioritizing the early push too much, but I think they just got to get ahead of a game at some point, they keep playing these games at a deficit. And I think that that is also just really, it's hard. (laughs) It's just really hard to play every single game at a deficit. And if that's also where you talk about the million different angles, you can look at it for like, again, that Kansas, not the Kansas City, the Louisville game where they did fight back, they had a great performance in that second half. And if they're not at a deficit, when they start playing that way, they win that game and they win it comfortably. But that's what I want. I think probably more than just individual performances, what I want is I do not want to watch the first half of this game and just go like, well, Back at, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Back at it again, you know.
0: I know how this ends. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's happened uh, a few times, right, for us this year when we've uh, covered the team, whether they've been on the road or at home. Um, but but we'll see. Good vibes only. Uh shout out to uh Red Star supporters group, uh, Black Fire. They're gonna be out there hosting a Tailgate event. So you already know that the good vibes are gonna be there. And honestly, I think uh having that happen is gonna help as well. I mean, good things happen <laughs> when Black Fires come through. So attend the uh, Tailgate if any and everybody has uh time. Some other bit of Red Stars news actually that I'd like to touch on a little bit before we kind of close out. Oh, is it- yeah, yeah, yeah. Announced that they're going to be doing a Spanish uh, broadcast yeah. coming up very soon uh, when they take on Portland Thorns. I believe it's on September 25th, and that that match is also going to be their first ever uh, Hispanic Heritage Night. So it's uh, great to finally see it come to life. Uh long time ago, when NWSL broadcasts looked a little different, like on YouTube, different. Um, there were ways to get. Uh, Spanish language broadcasts uh, on YouTube. And obviously things have changed as the league has grown a bit more and broadcast rights have changed from different distributors over the years. And that hasn't really come into play. So it's going to be exciting to have a game that is going to be available in a Spanish language broadcast. Those are always uh, a lot of fun. And uh, who knows, maybe Katie Johnson will or will not be around uh, for the team to actually celebrate that. I'm personally just happy that it's uh, finally happening. Uh, it It is. I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. It is a bit of a bummer that it almost sort of seems a little bit. Uh, ill-timed almost a little bit too little too late as this is a team that has had Mexican internationals in some way shape or form since 2018 and uh, have had prior events that have celebrated their internationals in the past whether they be Australian or Japanese so uh, disappointed in that aspect but happy that it's here finally I'm excited to see what else comes out of it uh, because it's it's new. It was obviously something in development because it was not a theme night like that was initially announced uh, at the start of the season. So I'm excited to see what's going to come into play uh, centered around this. So uh, if you're all able to have access to that locally, tell me how it sounds because we're probably going to actually be at the game covering it we might not be able to hear it. But it'd be cool to know how it goes. Uh, folks, I'm going to leave you with that. If you've enjoyed what you hear from us uh, on all our episodes in particular today, I just want to let you know that there's a number of ways that you can continue to support us in our work. The best way is to do that via our patron. So go ahead and visit Southside Trap Patron. You can find a tier and starting at $2 all the way to $25. Go ahead and find a subscription that works for you. There's all kinds of different perks. If you Supporting financially is just not something that you're capable of doing right now at the moment. We understand things are hard all over. I just want to let you know that there's a ton of other ways to continue your support. One of those ways is by following us on all social media channels. You can find us on places like Twitter or Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. You can also find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. So go ahead and find us. Leave us a like, a rating, a review. That stuff really does help us out so much whenever we're continuing to produce these podcasts for you. So everyone continue to stay safe, uh, wear your mask, get uh, vaccinated when asked, Uh, go ahead and support Black players and Black life. Please continue to stay with us as we also navigate this final stretch of eight games.
1: And I I, I guess maybe my final word is I do want to say that after Saturday's game against PSG, I talked to Nikki Sand and Katie Johnson. And we were just, we were talking about the game, talking about the scoring, all that sort of stuff. And Nikki Stanton said, she said, I don't know. I think we're going to start scoring a lot of pools soon. So you know what? That's my final word on that. Nikki Stanton says it's coming.
0: So she believes, why shouldn't we believe? Let's keep the good vibes going. Eight games, the playoffs are here, y'all. Let's get it going. We'll be back with you all next week. Stay with the Red Stars and stay with us. We got you back.